Hello, welcome back to the Athletic Cast. It is episode 37, and I believe it is May 18th, 2020. We're still in this uh, horrible year, that is. And uh, I'm your co-host, Garrett. And I'm your co-host, Brady. Yeah, you can put an exclamation point on that uh, lovely, horrible year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where we are, we have mass flooding to an yeah, extent. Yeah, we're not even halfway through the year, so we're getting pounded over and over. Exactly. Okay, Garrett, let's hear that NFL news. Yep, just hopping straight into it. First piece of NFL news is that Buffalo Bills second-year defensive tackle Ed Oliver was arrested in Houston Saturday night on DUI charges and unlawful possession of a pistol. Next story. Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker was released on bail for $200,000 from the Miramar, Florida, Police Department. Giants also told Baker not to attend virtual team meetings after his arrest until his legal matters are resolved. Next story. The Minnesota Vikings safety Anthony Harris has signed his franchise tender, meaning he is under contract for one year unless they agree to a long-term extension. Next story is that the NFL is instituting changes to the Rooney Rule. This rule requires clubs to interview at least two external minority candidates for head coach openings and one minority candidate for any coordinator openings for the job. So basically the Rooney Rule is kind of to diversify the NFL's uh, coaching and uh, executive positions is basically what that is. Uh, Next story is that California Governor Gavin Newsom said Monday that sporting events could be soon allowed to take place within the state starting by the first week of June, just like Flight Reacts, who will be ready by June. Hopefully you get that reference. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And final story of uh, NFL is that Ben Roethlisberger dropped a hype tape on Twitter where he was throwing NFL passes to his teammates and cut his hair and trimmed the Mountaineer beard after swearing to not shave until he was fully rehabbed. So watch out AFC North, and in the words of Juju in the video, he's back. All right, now I'll wrap it up for uh, NFL News today. Perfect. I like the he's back reference with uh, Michael Jordan. If you guys mm-hmm. didn't get that reference, you can learn more about that. Sounds like an informational episode, but there you go. Um, last episode, Garrett explained that. But jumping right into NBA News, I'm going to give the news of the past few days, and then also we're going to do the first episode because, you know, this is the last dance, and with the last episode of the last dance, we're going to break it up into two episodes. So today we're going to do episode nine, and then our next episode we'll do episode ten. But going into the news first is that sources say that the NBA is most likely to use the same lottery process this year, which is really surprising with all this crazy stuff that could be possibly happening and also not finishing the season. It's very hard to see what they're going to do and who's going to get those lottery picks. In my Mm -hmm. mind, I hope it's the Detroit Pistons, but even if it is, we're going to pick someone bad. Yeah. Second piece of news for NBA that the jazz is Bogdanovich is out for the rest of the season with a wrist injury. Doesn't matter. Uh, Not going to use your wrist because we're not going to have the rest of the season. Sadly, nope. hate to break it to you. Uh, the Big Three, which is, is an NBA, but it is basketball news, has been canceled for the 2020 season. 
it shifts its focus toward the 2021 season, and hopefully we'll be good for that. Uh, fourth piece of news, Garrett already said a little bit about this, and I like the Flight Reacts reference, but New York, California, and Texas, so adding on from Garrett's, are to move towards pro sports returns. And like you said, in June, just like Flight is going to be ready. Yes, sir. Last piece of NBA news before we get into Last Dance and Garrett's uh, description of the episode. It is that Cavs Nance urges NBA to understand the worries of some people because of Chris Paul and all those other people that are like, hey, we're ready to go back. You also got to take the other view of, hey, um, there's plenty of people who've gotten hurt from this. Maybe we should recognize that a little bit more. But we'll see what goes on in the future. All right. Uh, I got one NBA story that's not uh, last dance related. And that is that the New York Knicks are hiring, hiring, sorry, former Utah Jazz Vice President of Player Personnel Walt Perrin as their new Assistant General Manager. And uh, with that being out of the way, let's move into Last Dance, Episode 9. As you know, I'm horrible with improv. I like to have a script, so that's why I basically have these recaps uh, instead of just picking key points. So let's just hop into it. This episode starts off with the Bulls playing Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Miller says that he didn't fear MJ like the rest of the league did, and they had a few fights, but Miller recounts when he talked a little bit of trash, and then MJ went off, using that as fuel to the fire. The latest matchup in the 1998 Eastern Conference Finals had Larry Bird as the first-year coach of the Pacers go down 2-0 against the Bulls. In Game 3, Miller's insane confidence gave him the ability to go lights out and gave the Pacers the Game 3 win. Next comes what most people call the most memorable, memorable sorry, game of the series. It's a hard-fought game, and it comes down to the last two seconds with the Pacers down one. Scotty missed the two free throws, and the Pacers drop a play where Miller shoves Jordan for extra spacing and then drills a three. It works flawlessly, and they're up three points. Uh, Bulls ball, .7 seconds left, and the Bulls, but more importantly Michael, has a chance to win the game. But the ball goes in and out as the time expires. Series tied 2-2. Two to two. Flashback to the year before, 1997 finals between the Bulls and the first time appearing Utah Jazz. It's a close first game with mismatches for Stockton and Malone. That's John Stockton and Carl Malone, by the way. But Jordan did his research on his opponent, and he found out how he played, and because of this, hit a last-second shot to win game one. Game two, Jazz got blown out. No need to go into detail there. But uh, Utah for game three, and the Jazz win by 11 from a strong performance by Carl Malone and from the home crowd. In game four, still in Utah, Stockton throws the ball down court to, ooh, I think it was number five, which wasn't any of the two-star players. But uh, he threw, throws the ball down court to ice the game in the final seconds. Now comes game five which is the flu game, which in actuality was food poisoning from a delivery pizza. Very bad stuff there. But uh, Bulls start out very slow game five, and rightfully so. Michael Jordan had food poisoning, for God's sake. But uh, in the second quarter, Jordan, quote, woke up from his dazed state and scored 38 points, including the game-winning three after rebounding the missed free throw, 90-88. to Game six, Bulls up 3-2. to we go back to Steve Kerr's start with NBA and the Bulls and his mentor, John Paxson, who coached him up the last year of his career. 
it briefly touches on that, and then we go straight back to the present. In usual fashion, it's tied in clutch time, and the Jazz doubled Michael the game before. So this time, Jordan passes to Kerr, and he makes the game-winning shot to win the finals, and it's also where Jordan earns respect for Steve Kerr. Back to 98, Game 7 of the Pacer Bulls Finals, potentially the final game of Jordan's career, and it cuts to his good relationship with his security guard, specifically Gus Lett, who became a sort of a father figure after Michael's dad passed away. Lett gets lung cancer and returns for the final game of the series, and Jordan really wants to dedicate a win for Gus, and tied at 69, nice, uh, at the tail end of the third quarter, and it's still tied halfway through the fourth. But the experience of the Bulls got them the win 4-3, to three, and now they move on to the finals. Fade the black. Perfect. Perfect description of that episode. So, crazy, crazy stuff that went on that episode. I mean, Michael Jordan, again, never gives up. And he will never give up if anything, and if anything, he does. I mean, biggest thing that came out to me is Michael's trust in that episode. A lot of people don't know that Michael's trust was so important with his teammates. I mean, yeah, you're Michael Jordan, so you're going to be really good, right? Yeah. Because he's worked so hard, and he's always done it by himself. And his point that he made is, I need to trust these people. I've done it all myself. I'm finally coming back, and now these guys have worked hard. They might not be the most talented or any or the, as some other people, excuse me, but they worked hard, and then they go out like Steve Kerr and improve themselves that they can play. So, biggest question to you is, Steve Kerr and all those other people, do you think they grew around Michael and accepted his mentality and used that kind of to drive that team ahead? Oh, 100%. You kind of have to adapt to uh, what Michael Jordan wants to do because he was the best player in the league at that time. And um, if you really adapt to him, I think John Paxson even said to Steve Kerr, uh, it's all about uh, kind of accepting your role as a role player and uh, how your role benefits Michael Jordan's game, as uh, John Paxson's did, where he was able to kind of hit lights out threes after Michael Jordan took the double team, almost like Steve Kerr's final shot. But uh, yeah, I think if you adapt to Michael Jordan's system and the Bulls system with Phil Jackson, I think... Uh, you kind of roll with the punches on how he can be kind of a tough leader and a tough teammate, Michael Jordan, uh, I'm talking about. And um, if you do that, you're probably going to win a championship. Right. And that's big. basically the biggest point that I wanted to say. And there was that non-fear factor, I guess, as much as he used to have. Because as a teammate of Michael Jordan and before and when he was younger, before he went to baseball, everyone was kind of scared of him. Because if they screwed up, they were going to get the heat from Michael because Michael was so driven to win. Yeah. But now he has that little bit of a friendly relationship attitude and just drives with his teammates versus just with himself. And obviously a lot of things have changed to get there. But that's wrapping up the Last Dance Episode 9 for me. All right. uh, Moving on to MLB news. I got one piece today. And that is that Texas Rangers – pitcher Bartolo Colon, age 47, is planning on this coming season to probably be his last. Colon is a fan favorite, and his last appearance was nothing special, with four runs given in 0.2 innings. 
So uh, it's going to be a show to see how he kind of wraps up his career. Right. Um, I have one piece of MLB news today, and that is the MLB memo is saying that there needs to be more tests, more masks, no spitting at all. They're also taking away sunflower seeds, which is in there with spitting, if they're going to bring the season to a start, and no hugs either. Very, very confusing because MLB kind of has to deal with that. Yeah, We'll see how that kind of goes around there, and that's MLB. All right, uh, I have one piece of NHL news, and that is that the NHL and the NHL Players Association are reportedly making progress on a 2014 Stanley Cup playoff if the season were to resume, with a total skip and cancellation of the rest of the regular season. So, playoff news, that's pretty big. So, uh, big. do you have any NHL or PGA news? I have PGA news today. And like I had already told you, there was an event yesterday between uh, the the big guys with Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowler playing against Roy McRoy and Dustin Johnson. Apparently, NBC has put out the numbers for that, and 2.35 million people tuned in for the live coronavirus relief event. So very, very big for that, and they raised a decent size of money. So very good things for coronavirus, very good things for sports fans. And the winner of that was Roy McRoy and Dustin Johnson on actually the last hole. So very exciting stuff for golf fans and even maybe just sports fans just to maybe see some live sports. I personally watched some of it myself, and I was impressed to finally see sports again. And you don't even know. I was just so happy. Uh, How many people did you say watched the uh... – event 2.35 million people all right uh just for comparison uh i looked up how many people watched a major uh sporting event you know the one the super bowl uh and that was a hundred million people so uh i don't know in comparison to golf i don't know how many uh ratings they usually get but uh is that relatively good i would say for a one day event yeah in golf terms for a one day event that would probably be above average. But the Super Bowl, and let's say the NBA Finals, which the NBA Finals gets a lot of views. Yeah. But for a golf event that's kind of out of nowhere during coronavirus times and just kind of out of the loop, I would say that's pretty decent for just coming in the first one. Good stuff. Good stuff. I just wanted to clarify if that was good news since I like know nothing about golf. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, moving on to college basketball. And I have one story for that, and that is that five-star small forward Kendall Brown has released his 10 finalist schools, those being Baylor, Arkansas, Arizona, Virginia, Marquette, Ohio State, Minnesota, Kansas, Illinois, and Maryland. And since uh, MSU is not on that list, I'm hoping he doesn't pick a Big Ten school. All right? and uh, Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, that would be very bad. But yeah. uh, college football news. I have one story, and that is that LSU has landed four-star defensive back Kari Gee shut down his uh, recruitment process by picking the LSU Tigers over the Clemson Tigers. So, Go Tigers. Yep. Go Tigers. Coach Joe, fan favorite. But, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for college sports for me. You know, that's going to be it for college sports. I had the one for the college basketball, and that's all it. So thanks, guys, for watching. Coming back means a lot to us. 
through these lovely times that we're having and hopefully that our houses don't get flooded. Uh, I think we should be okay, but we're going to try. Yep. And uh, I have one more piece of news to uh, kind of put a little bridge story in between our uh, outros. But uh, I said that's perfect. You can't end the episode without talking about NASCAR. It's uh, one of the Ooh, few sports room, room, that we've gotten back. And uh, it, people would probably be upset if we didn't talk about it. So uh, NASCAR returned on Sunday, and Kevin Harvick won at the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington Raceway. Uh, I don't know if Kevin Harvick is a particularly good racer. Uh, I know about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Couldn't tell you. I think, Couldn't uh, tell you. Yeah, Ricky Bobby is the other one. So uh, make, maybe. that'll wrap it up for me. So, uh, Brady, you already did your outro. So thank you guys for watching, I think, the 37th episode. Sorry, my memory is god-awful. But uh, come back Thursday. Nope, Tuesday. Jeez, coronavirus is really making me forget what day it is. But, uh, yeah, come back Tuesday. Uh, I think we're going to – Nope, uh, Garrett, come back Thursday. Come back Thursday? Oh. Yes. Yikes. But um, – Today's Tuesday, bud. Yeah, we're going to come back uh, and do record predictions. Lions, we were kind of a little pressed for time uh, today, so we weren't able to fit that in. But, uh, yeah, Lions on Thursday and episode 10 on Thursday of The Last Dance. So uh, I'm going to stop digging myself in a deeper hole by forgetting stuff uh, and have a good day. Yep. See you guys.